You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to give an update on how 2018 is going so far, but first, let's catch up on Life Lately. Sarah, what's been happening with you? So my life lately is related to a book. You and I were chatting after the podcast a couple weeks ago about some different parenting challenges that I was having, and you recommended reading more about the temperament trait of high sensitivity. Mm -hmm. It's something I'd heard you'd mentioned before, but never really thought much about or knew much about what that actually meant. Mm -hmm. And so I got the book, The Highly Sensitive Child, and found it really illuminating, both in terms of my own personality and my children's. Especially thinking about how it compares and contrasts to introversion. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of things that I thought were related to me being an introvert that actually have to do with being highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. And trying to tease out those two was really interesting for me. And it gave me a lot of food for thought about both the best ways to parent my children and also to take care of myself while parenting. I love that this resonated with you so much, and I also find it really hilarious that we had never talked about it explicitly before last week Mm -hmm. or two weeks ago or whenever that was, because being a highly sensitive person is something that a therapist of mine introduced me to in graduate school, and basically what it is is if you're highly sensitive, you feel things really deeply You're really in tune with your own emotions and the emotions of others. And then you may have other deep sensing things, like maybe you have a really strong sense of smell or you're really sensitive to sounds or changes in temperature. I mean, there's a whole range of ways that people can be highly sensitive. But knowing about it myself has been really helpful in how I interact with the world and how I think about taking care of my own needs. And the part that really struck me was about how highly sensitive people are more easily overwhelmed by stimulation. And that's something I feel, but also has been very evident in my children. And it's interesting to think about that as being part of this larger aspect of their temperament, Mm -hmm. as opposed to an isolated thing. And I think it puts it in a more positive light in a way, or at least in better context. I think that's what it was, that it put things in context for me in a way that I hadn't before. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. I will say the book was fairly repetitive, Mm. and so if people are interested in it, you might gain as much insight from reading a quick overview about high sensitivity, but I really enjoyed the repetition because I was interested in it, but that is something I would say about the 13-hour audiobook (laughs) that I listened to. (laughs) And there has been tons of stuff online about high sensitivity. I mean, even things as mainstream as Huffington Post have covered it. So it'd be easy to find with a Google search. So thank you, Abby, to introducing me to more of myself. Of course. What's been happening with you lately? I have plumbing woes to report. Oh, no. (laughs) On Friday afternoon, our washer stopped draining. So rather than the water that had been in there going down the drain like it was supposed to, it came back out of the drain and came out underneath the washer. Mm -hmm. And how our house is set up, the laundry is in Plum's room, Mm. which means that there was stuff all over the floor, kid toys and clothes and whatever. And so all of that got soaked. And luckily, we have tile floors throughout our house. So it wasn't an issue of water standing there. And just about everything that got wet was washable or (laughs) 
not precious. So we just (laughs) threw it away. But it also means that we have been without laundry. Mm -hmm. And when I called our landlord, he said, do you think it can wait till Monday? And I said, yeah, I think that that's fine. We had done laundry in the week already. So it wasn't like we were running out of things. And I anticipated them coming Monday. And so I continued to cloth diaper my toddler (laughs) through the weekend. Mm. Then they did not come on Monday. I was like, oh, they'll come on Tuesday. So when they came on Tuesday, they tried snaking the drain and they were not able to get it. It was in a hard to get to place. So they thought that they were going to have to cut off at the floor the old drain pipe to have a different angle to try and get to the clog. Hmm. But they haven't been back. So who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Now it's Thursday. We're still without laundry. Who knows what's going on? I'll send another email to my landlord to check in this afternoon. Thankfully, we're in a triplex and our neighbors also have laundry. So we did do a load of cloth diapers and rags yesterday. So we are okay for now. And Plum has also been in disposable diapers since I filled up the diaper pail. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed it'll get fixed soon, but I'll keep you posted. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Sarah, what is your latest read? I just finished Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughn. This is a legal drama set in the UK, and it's one of the books where it changes perspectives. But one of them is Kate Woodcroft, who is a barrister who prosecutes sexual crimes, and she takes on a case of a prominent politician who is accused of rape. Mm. And so that's playing out, and we're getting the perspective of the politician, of his wife, of Kate. And then we're also getting flashbacks to when they were at Oxford 20 or 25 years prior. Mm. So we're hearing about when they met and what they were like then and behaviors that are similar and dissimilar mm. across time. Interesting. It was fascinating. I felt like it was really well done. It's a page turner where you want to keep going because you want to find out how the trial goes and you're getting all these different pieces of history and seeing how that plays into the current day. It was also really interesting to hear about the UK legal system. Oh, yeah. And there were so many terms and procedures that I wasn't familiar with. Mm -hmm. I also loved how well developed the characters were, where many of them were very frustrating. Mm. But I felt like I could understand where they were coming from, even if I didn't like it. Yeah. And it felt really honest about the darker side of human nature. Hmm. I don't know if this is a dislike or not, but in a similar vein, it was just infuriating, both the story and, of course, the real life parallels. Right. This is fiction, but it's talking about something that is happening all the time. Yep. I felt a lot of rage and in the days after having read it. That said, I would absolutely recommend it. It is a fast read, one that draws you in, but also makes you think. Nice. What have you been reading? I recently finished the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness. As the word trilogy implies, this is three books. The first is A Discovery of Witches. The second is Shadow of Night. And the third is The Book of Life. I read the first one for my in-person book club and... It was super slow to get going for me. It took me forever to get into it. And I had tried starting it before because my mom also loves these books and just never made it past the first little bit. But because I was reading it for my book club, I kept going this time. And I'm really glad I did because about halfway to two thirds of the way through, I was super invested, sped through the last bit. Then I finished the last Gamash novel and I needed something else to read in paper book format. And so I picked up the second book in the All Souls trilogy, 
which is very heavy historical fiction set in 1590s England, but I sped through that one too and then read the third one similarly fast. So it was a trilogy for me that got better as it went along, which I think is always good rather than sort of disappointing you at the end. Mm -hmm. And so the story focuses on the main character, Diana, and she's a witch and also a tenured history professor at Yale. But at the beginning of the books, she's in Oxford doing research. So she's a tenured history professor at Yale, but the second book is set in the 1590s in England? Yes. So when is the first book? Is it also centuries ago? The first book is present day. Okay. She's also a time walker. (laughs) Okay. That makes a little more sense. (laughs) So there are various other characters, humans, witches, vampires, demons, and... She falls in love with Matthew over the course of the books, who's a vampire, and so things sort of go forward from there. I loved the historical details. I think Harkness is a historian in real life, so Mm. she really focused a lot on the details. And that's part of what bogged me down at the beginning of the book, because it's so detailed. But by the time you get to the second book, where she's really using the details to paint this amazing picture of Elizabethan London, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. I loved that Diana comes into an understanding of her power as a witch throughout the books and her struggles with embracing that part of herself. And I just thought that the world building was really strong, you know, with this idea of all these creatures and how they interact with humans and the things that ensue when you have magical beings everywhere trying not to be detected. So that's a pretty common trope, I think, in fantasy books. But I thought she did a really good job with that. The... Feminism in the books is questionable at times, especially because there's this common theme that equates vampire possessiveness with love, Mm. which is problematic to me. Mm -hmm. And because the vampire is the male partner, there's all this control and gender roles and protection. But is it really protection? Just didn't love that. Mm -hmm. And then, as I said, the historical details were sometimes a little excessive. But I would recommend these books with some reservations. They are long. So it's good to know what you're getting into when you commit to them. Mm -hmm. I think that if most people make it through the first book that you'll want to continue on. But that is a commitment. Noted. So listeners will know that we did an episode looking forward to 2018 at the end of last year. And we have been inspired by the Girl Next Door podcast who does a midway look at their year to do the same thing, sort of reflecting on the things we talked about at the end of 2017 and talking about how the year has been thus far, and then also what we anticipate in the rest of the year. Let's start with an update on the life events that we were anticipating in the first part of this year. So back in January, I was getting ready for a big shift in our childcare situation, and E was going from three mornings a week of preschool to five mornings a week. So that felt really different to have five weekday mornings without kids for the first time since HP was born. Right. And I think it was absolutely the right decision for that time. It made it so that producing Family Petals and this podcast felt really doable within childcare hours. Yeah. And so that I wasn't needing to do things in the evening or on the weekends, which is much better for me. <laughs> yeah. I really hate doing things in the evenings and weekends and... I'm always impressed by your ability to do that and remain sane. (laughs) Thanks, friend. 
but in the fall, we're actually going back down to three days a week. And that's for a few different reasons, but I am looking forward to having a little bit of a different pace in the fall, and it does feel like what's coming, which we'll get into, feels really different than this last one. But I am glad that I made the choice to do it and also to kind of see how that felt and what the right balance really is at this point in my life. Mm. The other new thing that was coming was my in-laws just moved to Bloomington mid-December. And we have never had family in town since we've had kids. Right. And it's been really great. It's been really nice to see the kids get to spend more frequent quality time with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. And not have it be crammed into a visit, but being able to go over to their house for an afternoon mm -hmm. and spend with them both together and individually with the kids. And so I'm excited to see how that develops over time, too. And honestly, have just really appreciated having them here and all of the help that they provided for us, too. It's something that I knew we were missing and that I did feel envious when I heard of other people who had grandparents in town yeah. who could watch kids or even just be able to help out if I'm sick, then Neil doesn't have to stay home from work, that they could help pick up the kids from school or jump in on short notice. It sounds awesome. What's the first half of the year been like for you? So we were looking at Plum going to preschool for the first time. And I've updated on this already, but it continues to be amazing. She goes Tuesday and Thursday morning, and I do not know what I would do without those days. <laughs> it's made it much easier for us to record our pod. Yes. As well as for me to get things done and sometimes even have a break. So I am 100% thrilled that we made the choice for her to start that in January. We were also anticipating the birth of a new niece. She was born in February. Listeners know that I got to meet her because of a work trip out west, but we are planning a big out west trip this summer, all three of us. And what I'm most excited about that is getting Plum together with her cousins and to see my sister again so soon. So fun. So is there anything that happened in the first part of this year that you didn't anticipate? Most things I would say have gone about as I expected. Mm -hmm. The biggest change has been that I am planning on taking a break from producing family petals. Mm. And I didn't see that coming at the beginning of the year that I knew that I would take a break in the summer, but I thought that I'd come right back in the fall. Right now, I'm thinking that I want to also take the fall off from that and maybe explore some different options. Nice. What about for you? I did not know how quickly the childbirth education classes were going to start. It ended up happening much sooner than I anticipated, and that has been really fun. The other kind of tough thing that I did not anticipate was how much Tonks, our dog's health issues, were going to be a part of our life this year. And I think I probably could have anticipated that, given that she's a 13-year-old large dog, but I just was not looking forward to that, and that's been really tough. Yeah. In our episode in December, we also talked about things we were hoping to carry forward into 2018. So how have you done with this? So I was hoping to continue to work on and grow my creative projects, and I feel like I have done that. I've been really proud of both this podcast and Family Petals and the quality of what I've been producing and what I've learned from that and what I'm continuing to learn from that. But as I mentioned earlier, I am ready to take a step back from the Family Petals side of it and think about where I want that to go or what I want to do with that or if I'm wanting to go in a different direction. 
what I talked about wanting to carry from 2017 into 2018 was more focus on physical health. So using my Fitbit, doing my yoga practice and other self-care things. This continues to be a real struggle for me. My Fitbit is dead somewhere. It hasn't been charged in months. I don't even know where it is. But I think this struggle is one that I am just in right now in most aspects of my life. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a minute. Let's move on then to talking about our 2018 words. So Sarah and I each set a word of intention for the year. And I am really interested, Sarah, to hear how yours is going so far. So I picked the word breathe. And I still really love that word, and I'm glad I chose it for the year. But I would say for the first third of the year, I was not doing a good job (laughs) incorporating it in any way. I think part of that is that I like to think the winter doesn't affect me. I find it really tiresome when people complain about the weather because (laughs) it's just something we can't change. We need to keep moving through, folks. But at the same time... It is really frustrating to have to bundle up kids on a daily basis and the darkness. And I think those things affect me more than I want to admit. And I notice it because now that the weather is lovely, it has made me a much happier person. (laughs) And the world just feels like a nicer place to be. So maybe it would be better if I was more conscious of how affected I was. But in some ways, it's kind of nice because I think that I'm just fine. And then it's this happy boost that comes when the spring (laughs) arrives. But I think that it put me in a place where I was reacting instead of being proactive Mm -hmm. in my life and with my family. I think that that first section of the year, I was just shorter with my kids than I would like to be and wasn't taking a minute to pause and breathe. And that had negative ramifications for everyone in my household. (laughs) I also think there were a lot of big emotions that we were dealing with in the lives of our kids. Mm. And I think I was having trouble, as they say, putting my own oxygen mask on first. Yeah. I feel like we were all doing the best that we could in the moment. Mm -hmm. But looking back from the place that I am now, I would do it very differently. I don't want to say we failed, but I see the ways in which we can be doing better Mm -hmm. and are doing better. And I think a lot of that was compounded by things like no one falling asleep on their own anymore. Yeah. Why were people not sleeping? And it was those types of things that normally wouldn't frustrate me quite as much, but were just the last straw on top of everything else. Yeah. Having said all of that... Things are getting a lot better. I think part of it is the weather. I think part of it is that I've just had a little bit more time to process things and think about it differently and had some space from it. And I think I can get a better perspective, which is just really hard to do when you're... When you're in it. Yes. Yeah. And trying to live your daily life and all these things that have to be done, it's hard to really solve big problems and rethink the way you're handling things when you're just trying to get people fed and in bed and up to school the next morning. Right. So that was the first third. Other things that I think are helping and that actually are incorporating the intention of breathe are that I started meditating, which I talked about a couple episodes ago. Still amazing. Still love it. And then we've also found the solutions to some of the sticking points in our day. 
like I talked about in the Day in the Life episode, having the kids be dressed before they're eating and having an alarm that tells them when they need to brush their teeth and get out the door has made mornings so that there is much less frustration Mm. on everyone's part. And Mm -hmm. it just feels like we're getting off to a good start instead of a terrible start. (laughs) Yes, that. Another thing that's really been helping me is to let go of listening to podcasts during the day because I would get so frustrated being interrupted Mm. and to start listening to music again. And I feel like it just really changes the mood for everybody and I get less frustrated with them. And then I think that there is something to how music makes you feel and that it makes you feel happier in general and just makes things feel a little bit lighter all around. Yeah. And that's felt really nice both in the dinner prep time and in the morning time when I'm doing things like making lunches. Cool. Another thing I'm doing this summer is deleting Instagram from my phone and taking a step back from that. Mm. I'm not committing to never getting on all summer, but I do think that I have better days with my kids when I'm looking at my phone less. Mm-hmm. And I think my personality is such that it's really helpful to just remove the temptation instead of trying to exert self-control <laughs> yeah. on an hourly or daily basis. <laughs> I hear that. So I'm feeling good about the summer and going into the fall that things seem easier and that I feel like I am finding more space to breathe and more ability to take that pause than I was earlier in the year. Nice. How have you been able to incorporate your word so far this year? My word is grow, and I love it. I love that actually that we're doing this now so that I can sort of have the chance to refocus on it. Mm -hmm. And I sort of mentioned like several categories where I wanted the word to work for me, and it has in in a lot of ways. So the first one was the financial piece. So thinking about growing our financial savings growing our capacity for talking about our finances and being in charge in ways that we haven't felt in the past. Andrew has really been a big part of that. He is really focused on our finances. So he and I did some work to prioritize our savings differently, which means that we're now saving more and more regularly, which is awesome. I also highlighted that I wanted to grow in my parenting. So I think that I'm doing that, but I would love to be even more intentional about it. I am listening to The Highly Sensitive Child right now on your recommendation. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like my recommendation to myself via you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I also have How to Talk to Little Kids Will Listen, which is another book that I know that you Mm -hmm. have really appreciated. Yes. I also highlighted that I wanted to maybe grow into new areas professionally. And so the childbirth ed has been something that, like I said, I didn't anticipate, but that's been a real growth place for me. I've never done that before. And I wanted to do more science communication workshops, which I have. I will have done three this year so far, which is great. But one thing I talked about was pushing myself to do different kinds of writing. So I have ongoing contracts for science writing. And I was thinking about branching out from that. And that is not something that I've done. It felt like in March and April, I was just in it in terms of work and life. And it was a really hard time to even think about doing anything else because we were just basically surviving on a lot of frozen pizza. (laughs) So I think that would be something really great to focus on in the second half of the year. And it sounds like maybe that's something you're interested in, too. So maybe we can support each other on that. Yeah, that'd be great. And then... My huge weak spot is self-care, as previously discussed. 
And when I chose the word grow, I really wanted to push myself to grow in this area. And I have and haven't. We're going to talk a little bit more about intentions in a little bit, but suffice it to say that it would be great for me to focus on growth in that area in the second half of the year. When we talked in December, we talked about challenges we anticipated to embodying our intentions for the year. Have those challenges been the ones that arose for you or have there been new ones as well? I think the challenges that I saw coming were very present, that (laughs) I had a very accurate view of what would be hard about that. And it was hard. I find it hard to be the kind of person and parent that I want to be when I'm tired and overwhelmed. And that happened a lot. (laughs) But as I said, I think things are getting better. I've really recommitted to being in bed by 930. And it has been amazing. I got less sleep last weekend one night, and it was very evident the next day to everyone. (laughs) So that was a good reminder to me that not getting sleep isn't something I can bounce back from really quickly and that I really need to prioritize that in my life. The other thing that's been a challenge that I don't know that I saw coming was meal planning and having regular dinners, which is something that always felt pretty okay before and not like a huge deal. But with the school pickup being so close to dinner time, Mm. we have just really struggled. And honestly, the solution has been to lower my standards (laughs) and that we've gotten takeout more. We've had a lot more grilled cheese and quesadillas. And overall, it seems fine, but it was kind of a rough transition into that and just Mm. accepting that as being the new norm. And I think all the things that were challenges before are just inherent to this phase of life. And I anticipate them continuing into the second half of the year. (laughs) What about for you? So I anticipated struggling with balance and prioritizing self-care and also fighting the ease of continuing to do the same thing (laughs) work-wise. So that all came true, basically. (laughs) You know, this issue of balance And this issue of prioritizing self-care feel very linked in my life. And these are issues that come up over and over again for me. They are my major challenges all the time, forever and ever. (laughs) So I've had starts and stops so far this year where, for instance, Andrew had a time where we were doing a daily yoga practice together, but that dropped off with all the work in March and April. Then for a while, I was doing seven-minute workouts just because I wanted to get my heart rate up and like get my blood pumping during the day. And that was awesome for a while, but then I let that go. And I just don't think that I've found either the motivation or the space that I need to prioritize it. So I'm still looking for that. And my most recent attempt is that I deleted Candy Crush from my phone. So I've talked about Candy Crush before as a self-care practice that I like it to veg out. Mm. I just like to listen to audiobooks and crush candy while I do it. (laughs) But recently it started to feel more addictive than life-giving. And so I deleted it. And I do think that it's already helped me prioritize self-care and do things like just do my work so that I can go to sleep which is also Mm self-care. So I am going to continue to work on all of that in the second half of 2018 and likely for the rest of my life. (laughs) So we've talked about this some already, but if we think about the near future, what is coming up for you in the second half of 2018? 
So I'm hoping that the second half will actually feel easier. We will see if that comes true or not. (laughs) But both kids will be going back to the same schools. Mm -hmm. And so last year in the fall, E was starting preschool for the first time and HP was starting kindergarten. Yeah. So it felt like a really big year with lots of changes where this year it feels like we know the routine, we know the space, we know the teachers, and we're going to continue the rhythm we've already established Mm. as opposed to starting something totally new. So I'm hoping that that makes it feel less jarring than it did last year. Mm -hmm. And I think I knew that was coming, but it's one of those things where you know, but you don't really know what it looks like. Yeah. That you know it's going to be hard, but you don't know in which ways it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that even if it's not easier, we know more about the ways in which it's going to be a challenge. I hope so too. And then as I said, I think the challenges in terms of me being able to find that space to breathe are the same ones I've already highlighted. And I'm hoping that some of those habits that I've started to establish recently will continue through the rest of 2018. So continuing a meditation practice, continuing to prioritize going to sleep early, and also just keeping it in perspective and trying to find the time and space to zoom out Mm. so I won't feel quite so bogged down when the day-to-day does feel really challenging. And I think that will be especially important during the summer months when I have essentially zero childcare. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to that as a break and a reset for our family. And I think with being in school five days a week, I think it'll be really great to have a lot of open space. Mm -hmm. I think having a lot of open space will be really great for the kids. Yeah. But I need to make sure that that is also great for me. Right. And (laughs) right now I'm feeling really good about it. And I think it's one of those things where it's really hard to find the exact right balance of that and that last fall I really felt like I didn't have enough and then this spring it felt like maybe too much so I'm not quite sure what the right thing is but you'll find out yeah what are you anticipating for the last half of 2018 so the things that are going well for me in terms of my growth mindset I would love to keep those things going so paying off debt increasing savings being focused on being a good parent to plum etc. We also are planning to have holidays at home this year, both holidays, Mm. which I'm really looking forward to that because of the space it feels like it's going to create around holiday time for us. I've talked a lot about how I want to find the self-care practices that work for me. I have been inspired by you in thinking about starting a meditation practice and whether that is something that I could consistently fit in, but I'm still not sure about that yet. That's fair. And then I'd also like to refocus on branching out a bit professionally, both with writing and with workshops. So the wonderful thing about teaching childbirth education is that I feel so invigorated doing something that's new and a bit different that it is inspiring to think about doing more of that in my professional life. So plenty to work on. as we think about the next half of the year. (laughs) Indeed. And I think that's the end of our conversation about our 2018s so far. But listeners, we'd love to hear from you how your year is going and whether you said a word of intention or not, whether you're happy with where you are or the things that you're thinking about as we turn the corner into the second half of the year. 
Let's talk now about what we've been eating. I wanted to talk about spaghetti carbonara, which I don't think I've ever talked about on the pod before, but this is a family favorite of ours that we make a lot. And this, I would say, is probably Andrew's signature dish. Hmm. It's delicious, creamy pasta with eggs and cheese and bacon. And then we season it with parsley and black pepper. It's really easy because you just boil the pasta and then mix up the other things and then pour it on. And then the heat of the pasta melts the cheese and cooks the eggs a little bit. I mean, it's still basically like eating raw eggs, but it makes a really nice creamy sauce. Mm -hmm. And it's a savory meal. It's one that the whole family enjoys and it reheats pretty well. What have you been eating? We've been enjoying these muffins that we have for breakfast and for lunches. And they are from the blog Yummy Toddler Food. So they have oat flour, which we just blend up the oats in our Vitamix real quick. Mm -hmm. And then bananas, almond butter, shredded coconut, eggs, and some sort of leavening agent. But I really like that there's no flour because often we don't have flour around, but we Mm. always have oats because we love oats. And it's something that feels pretty healthy and hearty Mm -hmm. to give the kids, but that they also love to eat for breakfast. And that feels like a big win because neither of them are huge breakfast eaters, but when they're going off to school, it's nice to feel like they've had something substantial before they leave. Definitely. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can connect with us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or by emailing us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you'd recommend it to a friend who you think would like it too. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. What are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about intentions? I don't even know what I talked to. Okay. It, there's a whole bullet point about Candy Crush down here, friend. Just wait for it. Can't wait. That's how I want to end it. I'm going to move on now. God, I need to get it together. Okay, ready. Ready to podcast. Oh, no. I'm not supposed to go first, am I? Aren't you supposed to go first on the days that you lead? Hmm. Yeah, I wonder why that happened.